Richard B. Yes, Richard B. Episode six. Welcome back. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. Hope you've all had a good break. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, a bit of a quick one. Yeah, yeah, feels like it. <laughs> like two and a half yeah. weeks gone. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah, that was yeah. public holidays for me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the period that that time period. Pretty quick, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the meantime, I was cruised to Cam, drove yep. drove up. Yep. Uh, two days up, two days back. Oh, what did you um, get up to while you were there? Uh, we oh, we just went swimming. Yep, in the, yep. Uh, in the creek, the Hannah Creek there, at Loomba, the just off the highway. Um, just a yeah bridge, big car park on the side, and then yeah, just walked down to the water. Pretty good day. Water was nice and cool. Was um, as always. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't as cold as it. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh, no, no, not cold. Not like Pete's Bridge and and. No, no. The water's been warm because it's been uh, drought. Hasn't been. Oh, right. Wasn't much rain. Yeah. For the last few months, and then yeah, the cyclones come through and. Oh yeah, that would have. Sort of changed that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was good. Kems is nice and green. Yeah. The people were saying that the uh, grass was all crunchy and stuff too. Yeah. Before that, before the cyclone come That's through. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, there was those bushfires before that. So oh, um, yeah. Yeah, bushfires all the way up pretty much from Rocky, north of Rocky, yep. all the way up past Cam. So it was yeah. crazy that, um, you know, seeing stories of some people, you know, one month they're battling fires and then the next month they're battling floods. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too extreme. Yeah. Or some people, you know, a couple of months ago were battling drought and now they're battling floods. Like, yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah, buddy, you know, you can't get down the middle. It has to be on both extremes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely needed out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that bushfire sort of uh, was the tipping point, right? So all that extra heat and all that ash and carbon sort of thing stood up in the air and just brought the rain with it. Um, and, yeah, from then, like, a couple of cyclones yeah, there. Yep. Another one oh sure. just dying, heading towards Cam pretty yep. slowly, 10 k's an hour or so towards the land. Uh, but, yeah, another one over New Caledonia. So they're sort of like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a few thousand k's apart. But yep. Um, yeah, just sort of pushing against each other. Yep. Yeah, it was, um, well, while you were up there, we had a bit of a freak period there where, um, you know, it was like heat wave, absolutely hot. Then two days later, it was a hailstorm, and at night, it, you know, people were wearing jumpers and shit. Oof. You know, the temperature dropped a fair bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even talking, uh, um, you know, our brother Harry down in Melbourne, um, you know, him and his missus were saying that they had their heater on in the house. So, like, there was definitely, you know, in the southeast part of Australia, you know, from, you know, say Brisbane down, or probably, you know, Mirabra area down, there was a, you know, pretty quick sort of cool system that cool came change, through. Yeah, because yeah. it was hot when I left. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I left brizzy and i was like oh fuck kansas is gonna be shit yeah and then got up there i'm like oh fuck it's nice 
I was expecting him. Yeah, for sure. Like sorting a ring out there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Especially nice. this. I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> Christmas is all Christmas in Queensland is usually pretty warm, barely hot. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in Cairns in particular, it's either really wet or really hot. Um, yeah, but it was good. Good to hear that it was um, you know, good good temperature yeah. sort of. Oh, a bit of rain for bloody from New uh, Christmas Eve till well Boxing Day, pretty much. Yeah, it rained on Boxing Day, but the day after that, it was yeah pretty clear. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, for the light for the next couple of days. Yep. So yeah, last couple of days in Cairns were nice and clear, but yeah, we're just yeah doing the rounds of seeing all the family. Yep, yep. Um, a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, doing laundry. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that rain. Yep. And yeah, it's just Cairns has probably per capita the most laundromats in the world. <laughs> 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 we just in Erville there. There's like. Um, two big laundromats there's probably a third one that i didn't see and yeah in edmonton oh we were in the bentley park area there's another yep. one around like yeah they're just they're laundromats everywhere it's like oh shit no one must own bloody um washing machine oh not dry oh, oh dryer. washing machine ones yeah dryer yeah yeah them dryers are going over for yeah. sure i mean and uh yeah definitely not owning a dryer up there but the amount of with the danger and all that up there, the amount of rain that you cop in Cairns, especially over the summer months, um, you definitely need a dryer then. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, if you don't have a under house to hang all your clothes. Yeah, that too. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's um, that's Cairns, but it's either Queenslanders or like the low set, um, beachy type. Um, Bungalow type house housing, mm. um, or yeah. like the best of blocks. Oh yeah, true, true. Yeah. Like the the you know after, the you know after the seventies sort of period. Yeah. Um, but then you get your housing commission, just normal brick, brick housing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. standard, yeah. Yeah. height as well, those boxes, minimum yeah. ceiling height. <laughs> no bloody fans. <laughs> and bloody some of them are rabbit warrens. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so you, you drove up. Yeah. 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 Pretty good drive. Yeah, yeah. There was like no traffic on the road. No, it was good. It was, yeah. On the way up, it was clear. Like the skies were clear. Not much, no visibility issues at all. Oh yeah. But yeah, just on the way back. Cause yeah, all that rain. Um, so the day we left, the rain started up again. For a couple of days, I think, and then after that, it was yeah clear for a few. It was a cyclone was brewing, it's taking all the clouds away. Um, but yeah, in all, the drive was yeah pretty good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so yeah, not much. Um, new bends did it. Oh well, yeah, new bends did pretty good. <laughs> Riding on the bends all the way up Queensland there would have yeah. been good um, company for the kids in the back. Oh yeah, that was that was no problem. Yeah. Sixteen thousand, no, not sixteen thousand, sixteen hundred, yeah, just under seventeen hundred k's. Yeah, yeah, true, That's true. Cairns, so yeah, but yeah, uh, Uncle Brian, uh, Jared, and them, I think, oh, they drove straight through. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, I think yeah they did it about nineteen hours each. Oh yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. So well, that's about the 
estimated time. Mm. Yeah. I remember when when we were kids, the estimated time was 23 hours. And um, when we moved to Brisbane, um, there, our father had al- was already down in Brizzy. So mum drove us up, uh, drove us down. Um, yeah, so four kids. Well, Anita was in the car. Yeah. Uh, Anita came. And we had Cherry in the car, the dog. <laughs> so that took like 23 hours. Uh, with our radiator and having to stop yeah, <laughs> every the few k's or every few hundred k's. Um, yeah, I mean, probably not even a few hundred. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it probably took us two days to get here. Yeah, it's non-stop. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, we stopped at um, Townsville, I think, yeah. Um, and then Mackay. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot better now that the road's... A lot different now. Mm. Is there much roadworks on your way up? Or oh, on the way up, yeah, because yeah. it was nice and clear. Mm-hmm. But on the way back, there'd been so much rain. Oh, yeah. That was just after Christmas, so I think they had a week off. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, for Christmas, Christmas New Year. Yeah. So on the way back, it took just as much, well, with the rain. Uh, probably less driving time, really. Well, we just, we had like half hour stops instead of the mm-hmm. hour, hour breaks and stuff as well, so... Yeah, it was yeah pretty cruisy. Took us all good. Had the iPads and everything. So yep. Yeah, yeah, so far out. What did you get up to Christmas? Oh, not much. Eh? I yeah, stuck stuck in the grind. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, pretty much um, all the wife, my wife uh, Marion had holidays with the kids, so that was good. Um, get to keep them home. Usually they're in August or in. Uh, vacation care and daycare over the school holiday period um so yeah we were supposed to come up to cairns but yeah things didn't work that way but yeah that was pretty good it was a good change very quiet Mm um yeah our first sort of really quiet christmas but it was good it was um research time yeah for sure and just really um yeah good to focus on the year to come and uh yeah got a lot of things put in place for this year uh good opportunities coming up um yeah and then like yeah fly to melbourne tomorrow it's another big opportunity and uh yeah spend the week in melbourne uh so yeah sort of setting everything up until now has has been pretty good 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 sort of difference rather than powering through over from day to day yeah totally. Or, yeah i mean yeah it's probably the first christmas period i haven't been like heavily drinking yeah <laughs> well it makes a big change eh? like alcohol's the devil i thought yeah i mean i thought you would have given it a little tilt yeah no nah, bloody oh when i cup first couple of days i got to cairns because it was hot those couple of days mm-hmm like you drink it, but you're sweating it out just as oh quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, like, you, you feel cool anyway mm-hmm. um, from it. But then once it started getting cooler, yeah, it was like, no, nah, I don't even feel like it. Yeah. So pretty much only drink when it's hot. Oh yeah. But yeah, come back to Brizzy and it's like hot. Yeah. So well, yeah, like I was saying the other day, like um, it was like I thought you've brought the heat back, but it sounds like Cairns is pretty good. Mm. Yeah, man. 
But yeah, no, it was it was quite like we're yeah having a laugh. I mean, we drove into the city uh, in South Bank area for Christmas Eve, and we were lucky enough to sort of time it for the fireworks. So we were sitting. I just parked on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> the car behind me did it as well, so no one was sort of in a rush or beeping. We just sat on the bridge in our cars and watched for the oh fireworks. Everyone sort of had to fight for vantage points and everything, and we were lucky enough to sort of, yeah, time it and sit on the bridge for a couple of hours. Car. Hour. <laughs> that was 15 minutes. Oh, we pulled that handbrake, yeah, watched yeah. that light go red and green a few times. Yeah. Um, and people were laughing, like, you guys wouldn't go what? But, um, but yeah, the spin-out, I mean, in Australia, you don't really expect people to be wearing jumpers um, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And it was crazy to see a lot of people doing that, um, you know, and wearing jeans and long, long um, dress shirts and hoodies and, and coats and, and stuff like that. Coats. Especially on, on the bridge because of the yeah, river and because yeah. we had the windows down you could feel the breeze off the river it was yeah it was quite cool like it was you know in 17 i think i saw the um yeah forecast or whatever yeah but the wind chill was bringing it down yeah um and bringing it down further mm. i mean like it, it reminded me of like a, a, a late may or like uh yeah sometimes when we catch a late winter, you know, um, early June, you still get sort of warmish days and, you know, quite cool nights and yeah, it sort of reminded me of, of that sort of time. Mm. And um, yeah, it was a, a spin out to sort of experience it. And dry. Um, oh, very dry. And that, yeah. We didn't get much rain until you came back. I think the, the day you came back it rained, I don't know, maybe the day after. Mm. Got a bit of a shower overnight. But, um, yeah, weather-wise, it was a bit of a different Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did Sam bring what you wanted? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely brought what the kids wanted because that's the yeah. most Smiles important part. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Kids, yeah, I've got, got a uh, vasectomy for yeah, Christmas. Well, that's right. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we were going to I was going to get to that point. I'm sort of trying to ramp up because yeah, nah, straight, yeah. straight in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, big steps, but yeah, that's it. That's well, crazy I think to I'm done. Done for kids and yeah, yeah. You've got kids build on for the rest of the life, sort of thing. Yep. So yeah, next chapter. So yeah, the experience. I mean, like thinking you were going for a consultation and then them saying, "Nah, if you're booked in, we'll do it." Um, did you have to mentally prepare yourself or had you already done that? Oh, me and Bill have been talking about it for months sort yeah. of thing. So I like, yeah, just better to get it out of over and done with. So yeah. it was probably um, more more relief that it was just no consultation and just get in there and, yeah, in and, and out. chop the nuts off. And so how long did it take all up? Um, chop your nuts off. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, the procedure itself, like, 30 minutes, 25 minutes. Wow. But yeah, Queensland vasectomy clinic, I think they're called. Oh. Yeah, it's just yeah, pretty good. Cool, eh? yeah, <laughs> <hell> yeah. <laughs> they did me good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pain. Oh, it was, yeah. 
Oh, no, no, um, no, no green whistle needed. No, no stitches either. Oh, no stitches. That's no fucking stitches. crazy. Yeah. yeah, just get in there and then do stuff and things and walk walk straight oh, out man. of there. That's yeah. crazy. Not even like limping. I was, I was walking funny just, just gingerly. Not to, uh, yeah, just ruptured a little. Yeah, yeah, ruptured yeah. or something like that. Yep. But yeah, that's it. Just keep smashing the neurofin for the swelling or anything. Yeah, Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it sounds like times have changed a fair bit in terms of procedure. Um, by the sounds. I mean, they used <laughs> to do like a two centimeter incision on each side. Yeah. To gain access. Oh, and then, yeah. yeah pull all your insides pleasant. out. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Far out. Yeah, I would have hated to have done the old shit. Oh, yeah. Damn. Imagine that shit. Yeah. Like the first one. <laughs> no, oh. the very first. That yeah. would have been. Yeah, yeah just cut your nuts off. <laughs> 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 Put them on the well table. Just do it like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably was how they did it with dogs oh. back then, the first time. Um, but yeah, so I mean, recovery period. How long have they sort of given you? Uh, they'd say they recommend a couple of days. So on the Friday. Oh, that's not too bad. So today's Sunday. Yep. Um, and they say pretty much don't do any exercise for the for a week or so. Um, or if you if you've got can't help but do exercise, like recovery period is like two days pretty much to let the external heal uh, wounds and all that heal, and then just light sort of walking right. or whatever, and then back to vigorous after a week. Yeah, yeah, that's so pretty quick. Like yeah, that sounds like um, damn, that's crazy. And 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 um, sitting or working for long periods of time. Um, no, nah, sitting's fine and all that. Yeah. So, um, oh, good. Or light duties if you're out in the tools or something. Yeah. yeah but luckily, yeah. I yeah. I'm gonna finish Move working with my up. hands now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Work with my uh, limited mind capacity. And um, toughen up now. No, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Bullshit. I mean, like that. You know, uh, you know, especially as like a kid or a teenager growing up, hearing of a vasectomy. You know, not knowing um, what. It's yeah, about. <laughs> it's like that's what you think. Like, fuck, this game just got his nuts chopped off. <laughs> like, sorry, bro. Yeah. But um, yeah, shit, hey, yeah, new times. Yeah, and they say like it takes about three months for all the old sperm and stuff to oh, yeah. flush out of your system. So what if it didn't 20 work? Oh, you go back in. Damn. Yeah. What's the pers- what's the chances of it not working? Oh, pretty low, I think. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. one in 3,000 or something like that. No, that's good. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty... It's going to be one unlucky person. Yeah, this yeah. The fella's been doing it for eight years. He's never had... Um, oh, that's good. He's been specialised in it for eight years. Oh, that's he used to be a country doctor, so he used to sort of do everything. Mm-hmm. But, um... Shit, you would. Yeah, now he's just specializes in it and um, just does, yeah, it's done for a living and since he's started practice, it's not one. Yeah, Was it local so or in any city? Yeah, just near the hospital. Oh, yeah. If, uh, yeah, if things go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So near the RBH? Yeah, that's it. Is this still um, just dead on route? No, oh, yeah, just like a, how do you, just walk in, it's just like a normal doctor's, like, just a GP surgery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, nothing more than that. 
lying there in front of the on the bed there's like a window here and like there that's the window like i'm laying here and that's like the bottom half of my body and he's like oh don't worry they c they can't see in we can see out though and i'm like well i already got well you staring <laughs> at my nuts i <laughs> don't really care do. <laughs> yeah i'm not really worried <laughs> but yes yeah I'd, I'd recommend that bottle to anybody who yeah it's up to skiing yeah anybody uh yeah, yeah, well, Anybody uh, uh, going for yeah. a run anytime soon? Uh. Well, we're, yeah, we're Mrs. and I have two kids now, and that's pretty much where we're happy at. So, uh, she's been trying to. Uh, we've been talking about it for a few months as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's about as far as we've gotten uh, at the moment. Yeah, but uh, um, heaps easier than yeah. it sounds. Eh? Yeah. Well, you know, there's also. Yeah, obviously varying factors as well. Like, you know, she's happy doing what she's doing at the moment because she gets to control um, her cycle. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you you'll see and stuff. You know, uh, you know, obviously quite preoccupied with um, you know, sort of full time work, um, the podcast, um, and sort of chasing the music dream. Um, so yeah, got a fair fairly full plate at the moment and um yeah so really trying to work out the best sort of timing for that sort of thing um but you know it's obviously a fucking necessity in the end you don't want to be so pretty much an hour out of your life hey well and, and like you said the you know 350 you know as you were saying earlier you know, off air 350 dollars out of pocket mm. um you the money you'd save in the long run from sort of contraception and pills would you know would pay itself off. Yeah. yeah. If you got skin things like me, sensitive skin, rubbers not very good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Rubbers aren't very good for me either. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't go on. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. Oh, I just yeah. Just uh, yeah. Fucked that up. <laughs> but oh, yeah. yeah, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so how do we transition from there? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was our Christmas present. Yeah, that's uh, next year. That was your good Christmas present, though, for sure. You get us much for New Year's? Nah, not at all. Um, just uh, spoke to Harry, New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah, nice but guy. it got to a point where he forgot he was an hour ahead. And he was like, oh, yeah, uh, New Year's in an hour. Might as well stay on the phone. Mm. Not staying on the phone when I'm two hours at you. <laughs> <laughs> nah. But, yeah, we spoke for a while. Um, yeah, good hour and a bit. And then, uh, yeah, so just spoke to Harry. And then oh, our eldest brother. And then, um, yeah, just kept was pretty quiet. Uh, spoke to you earlier in the day. You had just gotten back, so yeah, um, I was getting ready for uh, bloody yeah, going to do with the in-laws, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, no, pretty quiet. And then just yeah, sat up with um, Marion till midnight, and yeah. What about you guys? Um, yeah, we went to the in-laws and yeah, had dinner there. Uh, kids went swimming. 
because the pools are so oh, I hate the warm pools, so it was like a bath, so I didn't even bother. Yeah. But um, yeah, by like nine thirty, out like a late. I <laughs> 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 was yeah, pretty wrecked. Oh, I had some oh, lactose intolerance. Had some trifle with like fucking this pouring cream. Yeah. Like extra lactose and so yeah, all this stuff. So well, good thing you went to sleep. Oh. Would have been sitting on the. No, no, that's what put me to sleep. I reckon. Oh, okay. Just guts are just. Like well, a funny story about um, our lactose intolerance. Um, one night we were drinking at my house and um, having a good drink, fair way in, and my wife cooked um, fettuccine and carbonara, and Alf wasn't too. Alf didn't know what you know it was made up of. So fettuccine carbonara, for those that don't know, is a lot of cream, uh, cheese, milk, <laughs> so all the dairy, pretty much. Um, but then there's bacon. No, I love um, But yeah, and then he's just, we, we stopped down this um, fettuccine carbonara for dinner. And then like, not long after, he wasn't feeling too well. We were wondering why. We were wondering why the next day, and then like probably about uh, three, or f- yeah, about three weeks later, he tells me that was the first time I found out you were lactose intolerant. Like three weeks later, you're like telling me, I was like, oh fuck. We're driving home because I hadn't put it together yet, and then yeah, after seeing you, we're driving home. He's like talking the name. I think I know what made Alf really sick that night. <laughs> like, you know how he ate carbonara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he's lactose intolerant. She's like, what the hell? She puts heaps of cheese in, heaps of milk. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how it, it, you get that white sauce. So, to get that consistency, that nice, you know, that thick nice consistency. Creamy, yeah. yeah, creamy. Oh, that's probably what did it too. I'd like, I made this, um, Potato base, and yeah. Oh, the cream and cheese on top oh of Oh, no, it's just milk. Well, lac- I use lactose-free milk. Yep. And, um, and light cheese as well. So oh, there's, yeah. like, less lactose in that. I should have used more things, but, yeah, probably just little bits. Because I can have little bits, so mm-hmm. that would have been fine. But then, yeah, the tipping point was, like, yeah, extra lactose cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's a bit hit and miss with me, like... Um, I can have some good days where I can eat uh, muesli, like toasted muesli, mm. uh, just milk out of a bowl, and good for a day. But, um, you know, there could be a day where I eat toasted muesli and then drink a coffee, and then it yeah. sends me over. Yeah. Um, I get bloody soy lattes now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the only, like, coffee that I'll drink. Yeah, I've yeah. never actually tried. Yeah. Um, it, it gets, soy is a acquired taste. So it's the same as, like, lactose-free milk, really. But, um, yeah. No, but, yeah, it's, it's hard finding a good soy. Oh. Like, nine out of ten tastes like, you know, hairy man's ass. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah, like, little bits of shit in that right, hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, well, shit. That's um, 
Yeah, there are tablets you can get called Lacties and oh these yeah. other sort of things. But well, yeah, I was yeah. going to say if they can sort of. No, I just prefer not to use that stuff. <laughs> well, the less chemicals you put in your body, the better. Oh, it's just interesting because um, you know, a lot of um, naturopaths and stuff would say you know any any tablet you're putting in your body is fixing something, but it's yeah pushing something else. Yeah, out. it's damaging something to fix something. Mm. It's putting something yeah. in a bad zone to fix something. Yeah, like I've been smashing the Nurofen like last few days because mm-hmm. of the op. But yep. um, yeah, just making sure I at least have something in the gut. Have to yeah. before yeah having that. Yep. Like even in the morning, yep. like I'm like oh make sure I have breakfast before I have Nurofen because yep. yeah that shit gives you ulcers pretty quick. Well, I'm a good living example here. Um, so yeah. Uh, Taking medication uh, with I- ibuprofen in it already, and then not knowing or not being advised not to take nurofen with it, and with uh, the ailment that I have, anti-inflammatories are, are what you need, because the joint is already painful, but the swelling around it makes the pain so much worse. Mm-hmm. Putting pressure on already a damaged joint, um, so it's fairly full on. So I was, you know, taking these tablets and for years having a sore stomach, really sore stomach, struggling to um, driving to gym, doing career driving, and you know sometimes Marion just call me a lot during the day because you know she works from home, off her job, um, yeah. So she'd call me on the car phone you know fairly regularly and you know I just always been like I can't believe how sore my stomach is like I wonder what this is like this is crazy so I stupidly put up with it for like two years and then just one day I was just like that's it I need to find out what this is because um, you know hoping it's not something worse because the pain that it's giving we at the time we had just had an uncle that passed away from stomach cancer and it just yeah it just put m- me in the right headspace to say man I got to get this checked. So um, yeah, I went and got a check and <laughs> yeah, stomach ulcers. Uh, some nights it felt like you know my stomach was on fire, and it would give you an acid to the point where you think you're having a heart attack. And then yeah, the body's experiencing this much pain that it gives a cold sweat. And then your body's experiencing this much pain that you start fevering, and then you're like, and then at that yeah, at that stage I was like, oh man, I really hope it's not something really bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I went and got a check, and yeah, so I got uh, stomach ulcers from Nurofen. So yeah, people check out, watch out about that, and um, check what medications you've taken before you start mixing them with paracetamol or ibuprofen yeah because paracetamol is a killer too for your AD on that yeah I mean like well too much of anything is a bad thing yeah Yeah. but I mean like uh, a lot of people don't actually know Uh, you know they think that they're taking a cold and flu tablet and they're like oh it's codeine but it's got a high percentage of um, uh, paracetamol and codeine well most um, cold and flu tablets have a standard dosage of like a panadol, like a paracetamol tablet, the 500 milligrams. 
yeah. That's a, that's the standard that you would get in a yeah cold and flu tablet. Yeah. And and some people are thinking, you know, I'm taking, uh, you know, a cold and flu tablet, and I've got a headache, so I'm going to take some Panadol now. Mm-hmm. The cold and flu tablet's going to take care of my um, chest and my sinus and my fever, and the Panadol is going to take care of my headache. And when they mix it together, then, yeah. Yeah, it's going to make it worse for you, yeah. No good. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, watch out about that shit. Yeah, most definite. But, yeah, so this, um, speaking of um, ailments and um, headaches, uh, transitioning to sport, UFC. Um, <laughs> Imagine how much of a headache Cyborg would have copped from Nunez. She's she's never been beaten before. Never tasted punches like that before. And not only did she taste punches like that, they were coming from crazy angles and speeds. But, um, I mean, obviously Cyborg's going to learn from this. And, you know, there's definitely going to be some sort of a rematch or she's definitely going to come back better. But Nunez, hands down, has to be now the best female fighter in UFC ever. Yeah. Like she has to eclipse Ronda Rousey. Oh, well, Ronda Rousey can't come back against these sort of no way fighters that are that in there that now. Mom surpassed her. Yeah, she's yeah she's over. She's over. She th- they surpassed her before she left. Yeah, pretty much. Well, um, Holmes has beaten her. Yeah, and I mean, she's she can't really stand up against Cyborg or Nunez. So. Well, Nunez is her last fight. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, she fought Nunez to get her belt back, and Nunez just demolished her. Yeah. In the first round, um, to the point where I don't even think Rousey landed a punch, because Rousey came out when. Not a lot of women knew high advanced technical wrestling or jiu-jitsu. So that's why Rousey was winning by armbar all the time. Cause, you know, and, and a lot of people were saying, you know, this one trick isn't going to sustain a big career. You're winning now, but that's because the level of competition isn't um, there yet. I mean, Misha Tate is a... Uh, is a is a G. Mm-hmm. Like she is a female fighter that, you know, has fought with broken bones and like she goes the extra mile where like she definitely is one of the people that would let something break before she taps. She has got that mindset. She is a warrior. Um, Misha Tate. And she couldn't beat Ronda Rousey because she kept getting lulled into that um, ground game and then, you know, getting taken. If, you know, the smarts that um, she has, Misha Tate, if she kept that on her feet the whole time, yeah, she would have won the belt a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But she, but it was crazy. Like, she, she lost those title fights to Rousey and then as soon as Holmes took the belt from Rousey, Holmes was first title defense was against Tate and Tate took the belt mm-hmm. so it goes to show how close it was at that point but then since then 
Oh, oh shit. Williams, yeah. Well, you've got Nunez, you've got Cyborg, mm. you've got Shevchenko. Um, and Shevchenko's sister now. What's her name? Uh, Shevchenko. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's 69. Oh, like, yeah. So they're, if they're bred fighters, those two girls, like, they're definitely. Um, uh, Shevchenko is going to be a. Tr- She's definitely got it in her to be a true belt holder. Shevchenko's got enough in her, skills-wise, and if she puts on enough bulk and muscle, she could really... She's got, like, in my opinion, way more of a technical fighter than Nunez. Like, Nunez cannot move fast enough for this lady. Mm -hmm. Cannot. And if Shevchenko is able to uh, correctly put on the muscle mass, keep that speed... She's got crazy angles, um, just crazy fight smarts. Um, Shevchenko could own three belts. You know, she's that good. Like oh, but the UFC, as soon as you, these other people want to fight for your belt, you've, you've automatically... Nah. Um, because that bloody... Cormier. Yeah, Cormier. He did that. He had no choice but to. No, he didn't. Well, he they gave him a choice. They were like, you can fight Jones. And you can, you can... Jones wouldn't fight him. No, Jones wants to fight him. He wouldn't fight him. No, Jones wants to fight him. They should fight then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like, and that's where money is going to be. Yeah, shit. Like, shit, after shit, that shit. fight, after Jones won that yeah. fight, they were like, who do you see, what do you see next? And he's like, well, there's a guy calling himself a champ champ. I'll take him on. Yeah. Like, I've... Yeah, he's, he didn't even own my belt. And then he, John Jones was laughing. He's like, how crazy is it that when I come back... He gives his belt up. They gave Daniel Cormier a chance to hold the two belts. But he was already... Um, it doesn't matter. He could have... Scheduled in. It, if he owns two belts and he can fight, he fucking does it. Like, that's just how it, it goes. He could have fought um, fucking Brock Lesnar and then still come back down and fought John Jones. But he vacated that belt. Yeah. Um, DC on his own accord vacated that belt, and that's a good argument. If you're the champ, champ, John Jones is back, and you're calling him a cheat. Don't vacate that belt. Yeah, you can't call people shit. And yeah, back away from it. And them. and so, did you hear the drama with the fight last UFC that was scheduled in Vegas, but they oh, fought in LA? LA? Yeah. So he was even coming out and talking shit about that whole saga without any information like and the reason why john jones flagged positive is because they found a pictogram in his system like and did you hear the explanation of what a pictogram is like a well not even a thousand it's like no, ten thousand it's like a grain of salt yeah no they reckon it's a grain of salt being cut into 11 million pieces like and, you know, the the testing is getting more thorough. So they're able to find the smallest little, obviously a pictogram, in your body now. But Whereas yeah. before they couldn't. So, I mean, and even myself, I've been to a lot of um, testing. Um, and with THC, so back in the day, if you... 
to my quarter contact that wouldn't even read and um, you would have to have smoked it for you know for it to, to show up register so now they can even pick up um, when you caught a contact high but they know what level is a contact high and what is inhalation so the level of even THC testing has gotten even more microscopic mm. so you've got to understand that Oh well, you know, but there's also a tolerance, yeah, the tolerance levels of the all yeah, that stuff. Exactly. So well they need to come up with a tolerance level for what is actually um, enhancing. Yeah, I mean, so like it's uh, yeah. the, the the way that they explained it with the slow metabolism uh, or metabolizing of this substance is that it can stay in your system for up to seven years, wow. and like. That's just like, I mean, yeah, there, there are, you know, things out there that sort of... Um, so it could have been a supplement scandal sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people, you know, cry innocence. Like, man, I didn't take anything. Um, and, and, you know, they're finding more and more that a lot of these pit places that are making these supplements are sourced from the same manufacturer. So two different companies are, are using the same manufacturer. And so that vat isn't getting yeah, cleaned out. absolutely well clean yeah. to the max. So it's a minute amount that's getting into your supplement. Yeah. That's why some people are taking pre-workout and they're like, holy shit, this is way more than I could ever... Like I've been taking pre-workout for like four or five years and this is something different like this this is the same tin this is the same everything but i feel like i've just snorted a couple of lines of coke or something like and that's starting to come out in in sort of the professional realm where it's not just your everyday gym junkies it's these professional athletes that are trusting um their nutritionists to give them the right supplements um, and like in John James in John Jones's case, he's admitted to taking um, dick pills, like Viagra, and and he even gave them a sample. This is at the start when he first gets done. gave gave them a sample, and and so they're finding samples of it inside the fucking Viagra. So obviously it's the VAT, mm. um, or it's the manufacturer's problem, but because they're athletes. They have to bear. There's no black and white on that yet. There's no. Oh, it is black and white. There's no yeah, grey. Oh area. yeah, I mean, it's not yeah, like there's you no. There should be tolerances though. Yeah, they should yeah, actually no measure ruling on it. Yeah, the, um, yeah. the enhancement, like under this certain thing, yeah. your enhanced uh, performance by this will much. not be yeah. enhanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be sort of thing. Yeah, so oh, no way. They need to do be better. They need to have better forms of testing rather mm. than. Saying, oh yeah, we're testing this. Oh, we find traces. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, but yeah, John Jones is a beast, and mm. DC should fight him if he wants to be yeah. all the bloody shit. Yeah, well, if everybody if likes the DC because he's a nice guy and shit. Yeah, but him and John Jones just hate each other. Well, I think DC's a nice guy, and yeah. I really um, think that you know I really respect his skill set and think he's a smart fighter. But when it comes to the off out of the cage shit. 
is a bitch. Like, that shit is fucking gold. Like, as much... Like, obviously, he's got a hatred towards someone. But when you fucking bring that shit, um, when you constantly have to try to degrade your opponent to try win fans over or um, try play the... G- like, I remember the uh, Jones Cormier number two fight. So pretty much that whole press conference was just DC telling um, uh, John Jones that he was a junkie and that DC had never done anything wrong. And he's like that, you know, those two little kids that are arguing in front of their parents. And one of the kids is like, yeah, but I clean my room all the time. I'm a good boy. He never cleans his room. He always um, drinks the milk out of the carton and, and, you know, he leaves his clothes everywhere. It's like... And you're knocking on someone to make yourself look better. Mm-hmm. Only bitch people do that. Like, put them gloves on, jump in that cage, find out who's better. And if you get lot, I- if you get knocked out, shut the fuck up. Show respect. Yeah, knocked out again. Yeah, <laughs> for the third time. Oh fuck. Yeah, I remember that in like when Joe Rogan interviewed um, DC, probably like a minute too early or. Few minutes too early before, his yeah. yeah, his bearings, he and was he was like crying and shit. Yeah, fuck, that's yeah. But even like I, I remember watching the podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was like, I don't usually like interviewing King Tut's people. I don't, and even John Joe Rogan himself was like, I really don't know why I interviewed him. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know what I should have just passed. I just should have just let him walk, like just leave the cage, just. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a lot of getting your bearings back. And, like, because you see with a lot of fighters, they get knocked out and they're, like, looking at the ref, like, why the fuck did you just stop it? Like, what the fuck? You can't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just trying to process what happened. Like, they've spent months preparing for this. It's just finished in in a matter of minutes. And they're, like, what the fuck did you stop this for? Like, I feel fine. Look at me. Like, I'm not puffed out. No lactic acid. Yeah. I'm fucking roaring to go. I've still got all of this adrenaline. Because it's just come up. Yeah, because yeah, your brain has just clicked back in. But, yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't seem like DC was back yet. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, got this mic in front of him. And he's, like, giving John Jones props. And he doesn't know if he should be giving them props. And he's, like, yeah, all over the place. But, um, yeah, like, I feel for him with that shit. But, I mean, you don't you don't try to use words to say you're better than someone. Yeah. You prove it and get it over and done with. Oh, that being said, do you think it stops him? I don't think he should um, have another title shot for the rest of his career, to be honest. Well, he's had enough. Well, it, that's the thing. Like, he's one of those fighters that can run through everybody except for the champ. Yeah. Like... Everybody gets stage fight, I reckon. He fucking he's run through everybody. Fuck. <laughs> everybody. Like, no, not not yeah. not just everybody, like real people who he's like when it comes to it, he is the only one that's ever pushed John Jones to his limit. Gone five rounds and not only five rounds, people didn't know who won before the decision was yeah, called. Yeah. He now Jones has had like 
couple of years breaks. He's got he's got a new lease now. Yep. So he's had that time. And yeah, well Gustafson's had probably like seven, three eight fights. Or at least three or four, yeah. Like but big fights too, Cormier. Yeah, big fights. He's had, yeah. He lost one of the fights, like since um, John Jones won loss, he's lost um, two fights. One to Cormier and one uh, in Sweden. I can't remember which card that was, but um, ran through everyone else. Mm. Like he's, he's, he's a bad motherfucker. He's got skills. He's, he's, he's really good. It's just I don't know if well, he's got to hold the belt before, so interim yeah well because i think because he took john jones that far in their first fight he would have watched that fight and thought i was doing so much of the right things but he didn't take into account that um john jones was a bit too cocky at that stage so he was going out late partying he wasn't doing a full training camp um he was midway through training camp he'd go snort a few lines go clubbing for a couple of days or something you know, and then be like, I'm this good. I've won belts doing this thing. I'm going to keep doing it, you know. Um, so Gustafsson didn't even fight him at his optimal. And he would have looked at that tape like, all right, I took him to the brink. This is what I did right. I'm going to keep doing these things. Instead of thinking, John Jones had two years off. Um the only scar on John Jones's face is from Gustafson. Um, the only the hard slugfest that John Jones has ever had is from him. Um, he definitely won the first two rounds, Gustafson, mm-hmm. and that is crazy to say. He's the first person that's ever taken John Jones down and took him. John Jones had never been ta- been taken down in his life before that fight, and Gustafson took him down three times, like. He's got the skills. He's got everything. He just looked at the tape the wrong way, I think, in my opinion. Because, yeah, I mean, John Jones wasn't his best back then. After a two-year layoff and you Mm -hmm. have to be clean and piss test and do all this and this and this, he's going to be in beast mode Mm. further than when he used to be champ because he's just gone up a few Saiyan levels or whatever you want to call it. Like eating all that rice and shit, <laughs> <laughs> and and just being able to relax your mind outside of the MMA world, because um, a lot of your 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 brain can deplete your body of energy, just your brain. Mm-hmm. A lot of players, um, and you can tell this in the in the rugby league world. Um, a lot of players before uh, Origin or a Grand Final wear themselves out before the game, mentally, through the whole build-up of the week. Yep. And the first 15 minutes of the game, they're like, I'm fucking gassed because I came into this. That's why sports psychologists are in every single sports now because they get your head in the right place it needs to be at the right time. Like, sports psychologists are unsung heroes in professional sports. They get boxers. They get fighters in the right headspace, sprinters in the right headspace, long-distance runners, um, 
you know, rugby league players, um, you know, tennis players, even doesn't have to be contact. It can just be either endurance or just using your um, you know, remembering your skills under pressure because you know, build yourself up too much. And you know, we've played in a few grand finals ourselves. Like I remember matching myself up against someone and thinking, man, this isn't the player I've played against all year. Like, and we ultimately win. Like, I've been lucky enough never to lose a grand final. But then you're matching up against someone where you're like, man, I played you twice this year. This isn't how you play. Like, I'm running over you today. Like, this, is, this isn't you. Like, this isn't the competition I got myself ready for. Um, and yeah, later, late years later, actually realizing or, or um, breaking it down. Um, yeah, I mean, your mind can really, like we were talking about, you know, on a previous episode, how anxiety, you know, you could be fine one minute, get anxiety, bang, you got a migraine, a massive migraine. Yeah, it's, yeah, physiological. Yes. Sort of thing, so and like yeah. your breathing changes, mm-hmm. your muscles tense, your um, yeah, you're more yes. Yeah, your brain puts itself into a state that you know you weren't five seconds ago, sort of thing. Well, yeah, that's that's with anything, right? Yeah. Like yeah, if you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off and you weren't mad, but now you're mad mm. for some reason because yep. you nearly got your car fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if you've got kids in the car, like, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, yeah, the, the danger of, of what they could be sort of putting yeah, you into. Yeah, but yeah, sports psychologists and, yeah, especially in, yeah, those com- well, combat sports pretty much, eh, like UFC, it's pretty, um, pretty important because, um, especially someone like Gustafsson, he's like, like just there sort of oh thing, yeah. just, just there, yep. can't think, so it's like, well, yeah, you need to go that extra mile, and yep. it's not going to happen in the training room, like you've, like, you've, you've been shown doing. you've got the skills, yeah, yeah, yeah. you do it with everybody else, yep. you just can't do it when it has to be, when you have to go that one little extra level, yep, so, and, and you can see that he gives John Jones way too much respect, mm. he didn't want to show it in the lead up, you know, he was saying that John Jones was just talking shit, trying to get win fans back in stuff. But that's obviously Gustafson trying to sell the fight itself. You know, everyone has to do that. Um, but then, you know, in the lead up with the whole fucking embedded in that, you know, he's already, you know, he's talking about, you know, John Jones as though this is the fight I have to win in my whole life. It's like even if it wasn't for the belt and I beat John Jones, this is the fight I have to win in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because they pretty much came up together too in the UFC. They were on the scene about the same time and, well, they had competing, well, he was a striker and Jones was the um, was the wrestler who actually learned how to strike yep. and then is now out striking him. Yeah. So, that's got to play in your mind big time. Yeah. Well, that's when... Yeah, that's when you got people like um, Tyrone Woodley, who was a similar to John Jones, 
the wrestler that came in for striking, and then, um, you know, people were like, oh, you know, he's a A1 wrestler. There's no way his striking could be like that. Mm. There's no way he's able to put that amount of time that he put in the wrestling into striking in this short amount of time that he's been in MMA. Because you're a pro you wrestler. You can't know, put yeah. a limitation on anything. No, yeah. And it's that mindset. It's, yeah. it's, it's that going back to what sports psychologists do. They put you in that right mindset where you're like, you know, um, someone fighting John Wayne Parr. Fuck, John Wayne Parr's got like 50 belts. He's got that hundreds of fights he's got in yeah. his repertoire. Yeah. And, and not only hundreds of fights, there's only a small percentage of losses. Mm. And this is a person you have to mentally get yourself up to fight. You're not thinking of... You can't think of the amount of years he's done it. You can't. Mm. You just have to say, all right, well, this is what I have to learn. Yeah. I'm learning tape. This is what the tape's teaching me. I'm going to find these people that are sparring or who have a similar style to him that I can spar with. Um, you know, in the lead up, um, yeah, I mean, like when you take John Jones, for example, the youngest UFC champion, he did it, like, he obsesses over it, and the champs do do that, like, they, the champs, fucking Robert Whitaker, like, Robert Whitaker is a professional athlete mm -hmm. to the T. He yeah. lives and breathes his sport. Yeah, and he gets the team around him that he needs. He, he tries to, well, the, all the good fighters, he tries to get into his camp. He's just like, well, oh, you guys are pretty good. Come, come and join, come into my camp. Yeah. We're doing good things. And, like, he upsells, he's a good good salesman and talks well. And yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's very well spoken. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and he's... Um, one thing is good to learn from him through the Ultimate Fighter series, like Top 28. Um, you know, with his fighters there, he was like, all right, you know, you guys might not be in the UFC yet, but you're the fighters. You've been fighters your whole life. Like, you're here because you're a fighter. We're not here to teach you anything new because you know what to do. We're just here to build on that. So, like, he's obviously knows that it's up to you to find your strength and then it's up to you or it's up to the coach or the team to build on those strengths and then um, and then you find your weaknesses and you build up on that like and where he's saying with that it's not like you know he's saying obviously he had to learn wrestling jiu-jitsu he's good at jiu-jitsu he's good at striking but he's not going to say all right I'll make those capoeira. I'm going to learn capoeira. Like, fuck that. Just knuckle down on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Let that guy do his style and just pick holes in his style with what you have. Like, um, that's how you should be doing it. Because a lot of people get sucked in to someone else's game plan. And a lot of people used to do that with Tyson. Where they're just like, this one was going to try to take my head off. I need to knock him out before he knocks me out. Instead of wearing out. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just, and that's what Holyfield did, wear him out. That's the smarts of, you know, Holyfield and Lennox Lewis and those guys where they're just like, stretch him out, use your, use your um, 
reach. Mm-hmm. Make um, him chase take you. him into the late yeah. rounds. Yeah. Um, uh, let him throw those wild punches and just you know read them or just try to look for them. Um, yeah, whereas some guys are like shit. I mean, the longer I stand here, the more punishment I'm going to get. So I need to knock him out, or I'm going to get knocked out. Then nine times out of ten, that's how I get knocked out. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, watching Lomachenko fight the other week. Like, that guy's got boxing to a science. I mean, holy shit. I mean, like, that guy mentally is, is just... No one can beat him mentally. He doesn't think he's the best. He knows he's really good. He doesn't think he's the absolute shit. Um, he knows there's still weaknesses in his game which are very minute, he still works on them, no matter how good he is. Um, and yeah, just try and also him trying to pass that on to other fighters or trying to other show other fighters that, you know, there's more than just sl- uh, fucking going into camp, flogging yourself and coming out. Like, you've got to break it up. Mm-hmm. If you're going into a camp with one mindset to beat someone and that's all you think about the whole time you're unknowingly draining yourself yeah, yeah. if you just stop and just go alright well on this day we're going to go brim rope or on this day we're just going to go to the beach um, bring all of our families the whole camp bring all of our families to the beach yeah, fighting for a bit yeah, and, then, yeah. and just reset because yeah, as you said again. like yeah you, you it is about your head, and if you yeah, if you fight the fight before the fight, you've already like drained yourself from your loss. Like, don't play your grand final the week before. You yep. don't build up to it. Sort yeah. Of thing. Um, it's yeah, there's a lot to learn, like in the psychology world, with as far as sports go. Because, I mean, everybody's like probably as physically able as the next person, and it's it's all about the mind finding the angle. Yep. It's um willing to take that extra little risk to to take to like yeah punch if I'm punching at this like, as all my coaches tell me to punch like this but if I punch like that I know I can get through that or mm-hmm. this volley's head like yeah you're not always going to get get told everything or yep. if somebody's coming this way like a spinning back elbow like when they're not expecting it they're expecting you to let them come through in case you throw the punch yep. and then they'll counter that punch but if you're trying to elbow they don't know how to counter the elbow sort yep. of thing like you you got to think outside of your convention yeah and if yeah if Lomachenko Lom- is thinking outside of the convention he's already winning well I think yeah his dad definitely helped him with that you know and and um, you know because his dad has been his trainer his whole life and I remember watching a story on Lomachenko and he was a little kid watching the Olympics, watching boxing at the Olympics. And, you know, he he was like to his dad, you know, what's more, what's, you know, what's the bigger prize? Being a world champ in boxing professionally or being a gold medalist at the Olympics? And his dad said, um, you know, if you're a world champion in boxing, everyone remembers you. I mean, you know, 
everyone knows who you are and you're famous. Um, as soon as you retire, that belt goes to someone else. Just keeps moving on. Sport keeps moving on. In the Olympics, if you win a gold medal, you've etched yourself in your country's history. Um, in the world's history. In the whole world's history. But mm. not only that, but op- you know, starting at yeah. your country's history. Everyone's going to remember you in your country because you have represented your country. You've done them proud. You've got gold. Then you etched your name in the world because, you know, that's the whole world competing mm. there. For that um, kind of three-year period. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, so that's what he went for. And he lost his first gold medal fight. Um, and then he won two after that. So he was just amateur days. He's got the world record in the most amateur fights. 300 and something amateur fights. Lost. Almost. Like <laughs> probably like less than 2% of them or something like that. Something crazy. Like He's got the best amateur record in the world and no one thinks that that could ever be beaten. Ever. Like, and this is him. He went and did that. I mean, but as a kid before that, so he learns boxing and stuff. And then his dad's like, do you want to take this serious? Or, you know, if you want to play another sport, play another sport. If you want to do boxing, um, tell me now and we'll be serious. And he's like, all right, I want to do boxing. He's like, all right, well, I'll take you out of boxing. Takes him out of boxing for two years and makes him do Croatian dancing. Not Croatian. Sorry, Loma, I forgot you've got a nationality. But his country's dance. Like right? Ukraine or something like that. Um, I think it's Ukraine. Yeah. Sorry, Loma. <laughs> Shout out to you, Loma. You fucking kill us. But, um, yeah, so we learned dancing for two years. And then comes back to boxing. And then does boxing. And then he's running through everyone. Every fight. He's got every belt every amateur belt he's running through competition and people have never seen footwork like his before ever and he's just like man my dad is a fucking scientist when it came to this shit picked me up put me in a dancing um put me back in the boxing with the same principles and bang like mm-hmm. this is what this is what it is um but yeah shit Sports psychology has been a big um, topic or part of this topic. Um, We've probably skipped a few other topics. A fair fair few. But, I mean, it all relates into every sport. Yeah. Every sport. From basketball to cricket. Australian cricket needs it. (laughs) (laughs) Australian cricket needs a a new direction. New everything. It almost seemed like this summer that Australia, uh, the venues were like, well, if we can't put sandpaper on the ball, we're going to put shit, drop shit pitches in there. There's been average pitches this whole summer. Yeah. And it's favoured India. Being where they probably thought. Yeah, there that's really good. Yeah, they probably thought that if they dropped the shit pitches in, that, you know, that it'd be heaps of a variable and we'd have more of a chance but it's favoured India in every single situation probably not um, 
perfectly, but they made it work. Their their mindset is is to to uh, you know be the first Indian team to ever leave Australia with a series win. But the thing with India, that you see how slowly they take it for the first like hundred hundred and fifty runs. Mm-hmm. They take that so slowly, and it's it's like Australia is coming out of the gate trying to play twenty twenty. Yeah. Every ma- every test match sort of thing. It's like, dude, fucking slow down. Well, maybe it's that's like yeah. yeah it's maybe because they get used to the pitch. They're like, oh, this is what it's doing. Mm. Just oh, yeah, just play slow. Yeah. Play the shots when they come yeah. and not chase anything. But it seems like the Australians like they're chasing the ball. Just chasing yeah. and getting bowl queens. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time because they're the bloody bowlers are just. L- Watching them, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, too, and I think uh, it's quite easy to get in your Aussie's head at the moment too, with yeah. the, the whole, uh, yeah, with the whole sandpaper thing, and not only losing um, Steve Smith, your captain, but Dave Warner is a big yeah. contributor. Your opening batsman. Yeah, yeah, he's a big contributor. In 2020, one day and test match, yeah. and, test and he's match a slip too, so he took the biggest shit. Yeah. So well, yeah, he can yeah. sledge. He's a good sledger. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Blige is in the slips at the moment, and you can hear a pin drop around that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just Payne. He's just a wicket keeper that's sledging them, giving them, uh, giving their earful. But um, yeah. Psychology. Yeah, yeah. Mindset. Yeah. Good, good um, topic of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what's been happening music-wise? So, yeah, uh, on that side, like a lot of... Uh, it was good to see a lot of numbers at the end of last year. Uh, we, you know, especially on the local front, it was good to see, you know, uh, Channel 5 Rose did some good numbers on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only, Spotify, only Spotify. So yeah, you just, Spotify. you just. Um, so Spotify gives you your numbers of the year. Um, so that million streams is just on Spotify alone. That doesn't include, you know, your Apple Music and your yeah, Google. Um, yeah, Google Play. Yeah, because that's what I listen to mostly. Oh yeah, yeah. I bang in the title, well, at least a couple times a week. So oh yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Or YouTube as well, like um, yeah. or yeah. Uh, yeah, MTV streaming a bit as well. Yep. So yeah, well, I mean, he was on, he was on Homegrown. You know, I remember, you know, December last year, uh, December sorry, seventeen. Yeah, so December two thousand seventeen. Uh, yeah, just catching him on MTV for the first time. That was a bit of a spin out, and then you know, twelve months later, seeing him do those numbers is, you know, you know, pretty big coming from uh, some of the conversations we've had in the past and, and probably gigging with him before. It's good to see, you know, people getting recognition and, and hitting those spots. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, speaking on numbers and that, uh, so I was supposed to release my debut single on uh, Christmas Eve. There were a few things that sort of uh, didn't work out in uh in that sort of area so there's been a little bit of a delay with the release 
Um, so yeah, yeah, he's probably on. a month later is is what we're sort of looking at. Okay. Um, I've got sort of uh, you know fairly sick, or um, yeah, a bit of a chest infection around the time uh, you know sort of supposed to finalise uh, the recording. Um, so that sort of got held up. Um, yeah, a little bit of uh, you know mixing and mastering was sort of finalised, and had you know to sort of come to agreement with distribution. Uh, Chris Brown owning his catalog. Yeah, um, hell yeah, that's he's the youngest yeah. artist to do it. Yeah. So props to you, man, mate. Shit, that's a big feat. That yeah. is massive. One of the youngest to ever do it. Yep. Um, I mean. That's a lot of hard work, though. You know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. He works his ass off, too. Oh, for like sure. Yeah. Um, he's definitely um, good. Well, he's had his troubles in the past, but, like, he's pay, paying his dues. Well, paid yeah. his dues. Keeps his keeps continuing to pay his dues. Yep, yep. Um, around all those things. But, I mean, I think he's a good role model as far as hard work and... Um, Creativity, pretty much, eh? Yeah. Hey, and and, oh, and putting other people on too. Oh, he for sure. He hires for so sure. many dancers. Yep. He yep. gets yep. he collabs so much that he releases so many like free mixtapes and yeah, um, gives back. Gives for sure. He yeah, just keeps giving. Yeah, I mean, for in terms of role model too, uh, uh, you know, a good role model for someone who can teach people that everyone makes mistakes. I mean, you know, even no matter what platform you have or what sort of stage you are in your life mm-hmm. um, so everyone makes mistakes it's, it's how you sort of navigate your way back from it um, and yeah I mean to his credit he's, he's, he's yeah, I mean role model to his daughter that's for sure yeah. um, and you know making making sort of the situation Yeah, I mean, more in his favour now, for sure. There's, there's less people sort of... I mean, even to the point where people are saying, you know, did Diana actually push him to do this shit? And there's a... You can't take away what actually happened. Yeah. We've got to stop doing that. It um, doesn't seem in his character. Yeah. Anything. I mean, like, we can't... We can't say... We can't excuse him for what he did. No, no one can ever do that. No one can say that Rihanna asked for it or pushed him to that point because you know no one should be getting to that point but i mean like he's obviously learned from it um he he knows what it was and we all need to leave it there because he's worked through it it was his issue he's done it we should just all be proud of him as we are well rihanna's forgiven him and moved on from it as well yeah i mean and they're the two that's their situation that's That's not ours like i mean as the public looking in um and that's what's crazy. Like I think it's almost like media try to make themselves like the third wheel in the relationship, where they're reporting on situation in plenty of celebrity relationships, where they're reporting like they're the girlfriend of the cheated person or the abused person, or like or they're the best friend of that girlfriend, um, and they're you know sort of telling the world, but. Yeah, just in those situations, he obviously dealt with it. He's done an awesome job, in my opinion. Um, and we just got to give him props for that. I mean, like, 
uh, I saw a couple of comments, you know, with this R. Kelly thing. I don't we'll speak about, you know, more into the R. Kelly documentary or series that's time. coming up yep. um, in a later episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you can't really compare the sort of yeah, the situation as people are. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, another episode. Yeah. Number six. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year again. Yeah, all the best for 2019. Uh, yeah, ramp up, do what you need to do. Yeah. Good luck on all your resolutions. <laughs> Revolutions. Revolutions. And yeah. relations. <laughs> Revelations. <laughs> like Oh, well, yeah, um, thanks again for tuning in. Yeah, um, e to the beat. Yeah, E to the beat, episode six. And we're out. <laughs>